Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. The worst of times. I think it's a tale of two cities. Anybody had to read that book in high school? All right, some of you, a few. Wow, I thought there would have been a few more. Um, <clears throat> so it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Uh, tonight, uh, I've entitled When It's the Worst of Times. When It's the Worst of Times. And... and I don't know about you, uh, have you had an extremely rough time in your life? You say, I don't know if I can bear this. Maybe, maybe, it's, um, maybe you're right in the middle of it. Maybe you're in a situation where you say, uh, uh, this is really, what I'm going through right now is I've not ever experienced anything like it. This is the worst of times. I... Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know about you. I, I've shared this just a few times, but uh, uh, June 2001 was probably one of the worst times to get information that, that you ever get that kind of inf information that in one split moment, everything changes. There's a complete different, sh uh, uh, there's a shift in perspective there's a, a shift in uh your priorities there's a shift in uh everything because it's such extreme news <clears throat> 2001 uh our, our daughters rochelle alicia and, and jacqueline rochelle was 10 alicia was just turning eight and jackie was uh, three years of age uh, so we're young very young and uh, we, we received news um, that Julie had, there was cancer, very rare, aggressive form of cancer that had been found in some tissue in her, in her body. And um, <clears throat> it was amazing how with that, that news, immediately there was a, a thing of, you know what? I don't know. We don't know. And the thought that crossed my mind is, am I going to be a father of three daughters and their, and, and their mother is gone? And I can remember uh, Julie and I, even as we received the, no the news and you're absorbing all this, this information, and I can remember there was definitely the emotional state you know, there was these huge valleys. Then you'd come up and, and, and you'd be at a, a, an okay place and then they'd be down again and it was back and forth, uh, an emotional roller coaster because of how you, how you viewed the situation and also your view of God. And I'll tell you right now, uh, <clears throat> when you are looking at some things that are so impossible, there's nothing you can really do uh, except trust in the Lord. There's nothing you can do. Sometimes the, the enemy comes in with fear and anxiety, with thoughts that are, are extremely debilitating and uh, detrimental to your, your state of mind. And I can remember with this roller coaster uh, that... The two of us, sometimes we were at the same place, sometimes, uh, which was not always good to be at a negative, both of us at a negative place mentally, uh, or to be at a place, well, it's, it was okay if we were at two different places, we could encourage one another. But um, what I, I recognized was the Lord was faithful in these times as we, we looked to him and we kept our eyes on him. Uh, we were able to uh, to get through, and here, uh, more than 20 years later, uh, Julie is with us. Julie mentions every every year when it's her birthday. She says, "You know what? I thank God that there's another year. I have another year. I've lived another year because it it, it could have been that I wasn't uh, here." And uh, I just say, "Thank you, Lord, um, that the Lord is faithful." in difficult times, when things especially get really, really dark. Um, <clears throat> so with that, we've been going through the book of Revelation, 
And for those of you that haven't caught the messages, we've been going through, uh, not exhaustively, today we'll get a little bit deeper, but I want to touch on this thing of when, when, the th when times are the worst. These times, which I pray to God that you are right with the Lord, that your faith is in Jesus Christ, and it does not waver from who he is and what he did for you on the cross. Your faith needs to be there so that you will, be not, you will not be a part of this, these uh, chapters that we're going to read. And I want you to know, you say, well, Pastor, do you believe in the catching up of the saints and uh, to be with the Lord? You better believe I do. Do, you believe, do I believe that we're going to go through the tribulation? No. I don't believe that, according to Scripture. I recognize there are some that say, well, yeah, we're going through the whole tribulation. There's some that are saying, well, we go through part of it, half of it. There's some that uh, I'm not sure what they believe. But uh, uh, scripture, all Scripture indicates that we will be caught up to be with the Lord uh, before. And... Um, so I, th I say th thank God for that. <clears throat> We've been reading through, and I, I just, the Lord just sort of put on my heart, uh, especially as we got into it a little bit more, to read through every verse. And it says in Revelations 1.3, it says, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. So not only to read, uh, and not only to hear the word of words of this prophecy, because it is prophetic, the, the book of Revelation is prophetic. And so that means there are things uh, that are being spoken to the church for our benefit and also that things that are yet to come. Uh, and the bulk of the book of Revelation has not yet taken place. And so... Uh, if you were to look at it chronologically, going through from first, uh, chapters 1 to, uh, through 22, uh, and there are a few spots where it's sort of, there's an interlude or there's a, an expanding of things. Uh, we'll see that a little bit today. <coughs> but there's, um, there, we are probably in chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation right now. So we are in the church age, and I mentioned this before, that uh, after chapter 3, there is no more mention of the church. In fact, the, the word church is only used in chapters 2 and 3, and then you don't hear it anymore. Why? Uh, because we're gonna be, we, we get into uh, chapter 4 that, that talks about the fact that we are caught up to be with the Lord in heaven. So... Um, so we've been going through, and uh, uh, verse by verse, we have found that uh, from chapter 6, and we're going to be on chapters half, partway through 14 now, uh, we have had three and a half years that have already taken place at the point of Revelation chapter 14. And so that three and a half years had one after another uh, the seals, seven seals, so something that seals like, um, you know, when you close an envelope, you, you might lick it. That's, that's a bit of a seal, but they would have often, or they would have, when something was closed, the scroll was closed or a, a book was closed, there's a seal put on it so that when it was given uh, to, to the person, you could see nobody opened this. This, was, this is still sealed. And then you would open up, you would open up the seal. Well, there were seven seals on this scroll, and we read of that in chapter 5, Revelations 5. And so the Lord, the Lamb of God, there was nobody that could open up the seals except for the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And, and so as the seals were, as he opened up or opens up the seals, different things happen consecutively, one after the other. And so we, we've read of that. Uh, the seven seals were opened, and there's seven trumpets come next. And so the seven seals and seven trumpets will take three and a half years. And we'll touch a little bit on the seventh uh, trumpet uh, today and then as it goes on. <clears throat> uh, we've, we recognize that uh, from last time, uh, in chapter 7, there's a mention of 144,000 uh, Jews. They're Jewish men 
It says they were virgins, they were pure, and they, there was a seal put on them that, that nothing could touch them. They, they loved the Lord. They got saved. They would have been saved after the rapture. Okay, so they are saved after the rapture, they, or they give their lives to the Lord. And there's 12,000 from, from the, the 12 different tribes, uh, roughly. Uh, and uh, Dan, the tribe of Dan is not mentioned. And the tribe of Ephraim is not mentioned. Joseph's name is used instead of Ephraim. So Joseph had two children, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they, they were uh, two tribes that came of the 12 tribes that, that came from uh, Joseph. Uh, Levi is mentioned in this as well. So um, these 12 or 144,000 are caught up halfway through the tribulation. So we, we talked about that last time. So here we are now. We are, there are three angels, and if you are, have your Bibles, I'm going to read uh, fairly quickly. I'm going to expand on a few things. I'm going to, uh, I, I just, I think that you need to know, um, uh, I found very interesting. Uh, so from 14.6, we have three angels that are going to, uh, there's something going to be done with those three angels. So it says in verse 6, then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and springs of water. Now this is the exact opposite of what is happening in the, uh, the kingdom of the Antichrist. And so basically, the Antichrist will not rule the whole world for the first uh, number of years uh, or, or while. He, he's gonna, uh, there's going to be 10 kings uh, that will, will most likely be in, the, uh, in Europe, uh, England, uh, down into the Middle East, and then across northern Africa. Uh, we know that uh, one of those countries, Egypt... It says that for the first while he had to overcome one of the, 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 the nations. And we read of that in Daniel chapter 11. We, we come to the realization that one of the nations is Egypt. And Egypt will be fighting against the, the, the king of the south from Egypt is fighting against the king of the north. Who is the, we find out at the end, is the Antichrist. And so these two are fighting with each other. And uh, their kingdoms are fighting, and, and then the kingdom of the south is overcome. The king of the south is overcome, and we have the Antichrist. It says, actually, that three horns were, were overcome. So the, there's one little horn that comes out out of, out of the ten kingdoms, and one horn comes out, and, and he fights with uh, three other horns. And these horns are the kingdoms, are actual kingdoms then, and he overcomes three, and then the rest of the kingdom say, you know what, we're going to give our allegiance to the, 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 the kingdom of the Antichrist for, it says, for an hour. Now, it'll be a, a period of time, probably will be the last three and a half years anyways, that these tribes or these kingdoms will give their allegiance to uh, the Antichrist. So, here we have this uh, worship. There's worship being taking, or taking place in the temple, Jesus speaks of this in uh, Matthew 24. He says, when you see what was written by Daniel, the abomination of desolation standing in the temple, run. And he's talking to the Jews. And so we read of this last time in chapters 12. We read about the, this woman that's fleeing with her, her child. And, uh, and the, the dragon... Satan is trying to get her through through the Antichrist and the Lord basically the, it says the earth opens up and so the water that the water that comes out the flood that comes after uh, this this woman is is caught up in the earth and basically they they go to a place and once again it's amazing how there's a tying with different prophetic words Old Testament especially Daniel and Ezekiel and Isaiah and Zechariah there are numerous different bits and pieces that are, are given regarding what will happen in the last days. Just amazing. And um, 
So we see that, that uh, the man-child, the, the 144,000 are caught up to be with the Lord halfway through. Because we read of that, uh, that they are, at the beginning here, that they are, um, of chapter 14, that they are in the presence of God now. So they were on the earth, and now they're in the presence of God. And so it mentions that in chapter 14, 1 to 5. And so there's a worship that's going on in the temple as it's been set up halfway through this seven year of tribulation. And the Antichrist is, is the, or the, the false prophet, there's an image set up, and people have to worship. And those that don't worship him uh, basically are killed. Uh, and mostly those that take the mark of the beast uh, of the Antichrist are, are going to be, yeah, they're going to be worshiping. Uh, but there's a number of people that will not be worshiping. And so a lot of times say, well, you know, the Antichrist is going to rule the whole earth. That is not what scripture indicates. He's not going to rule the whole earth. He will influence the whole earth just like Hitler did. Hitler influenced the whole earth, but he did not rule the whole earth. And so there, there will be uh, different battles and things that uh, uh, the, from the north they will come. And, and so the, the Antichrist is, is fighting a lot to, to get control. He wants control, and so he has to overcome. And then, of course, at the very end, we see that he, there's this battle that takes place. We'll get into that. Just we'll touch on a little bit. So here, the amazing thing is that this angel, and once again, Take literally. You say, well, really, angels? Can angel, would an angel proclaim anything? Yet, we read that there was a heavenly host. There was one angel and a heavenly host that, that uh, came to the shepherds. Joseph had uh, an angel come. Gabriel came to Joseph and to Mary and, and spoke to them, to Joseph in dreams. And, and so there's this connecting we see that when uh when when peter and and john were uh incarcerated uh, there was an angel that came and opened the doors for them so, so they they could get out we read of that in i think it's in acts chapter beginning of chapter four we read of of the fact that angels literally came i believe I mentioned as I was talking to this, this young lady this morning about her the accident she says we sh we should have been head-on it should have been a head-on collision i believe that there are angels that are uh, that are there to minister to those that should inherit salvation whether they're, they're, they're they still haven't accepted christ or also for those that have accepted christ and the lord is 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 watching over them even by angels and so i don't know about you if if any of you maybe you you had an angel that you say you know what that must have been an angel that ministered or protected I didn't see necessarily the angel, but I know there was something protecting me. And uh, so for, if you can take this literally, take it literally. And so to have an angel proclaiming the gospel, there are going to be people getting saved during the tribulation. Those that don't take the mark of the beast, they have, there's probably going to be this, this thing. And, and the mark of the beast, I believe, will be very prominent in the kingdom of the Antichrist. And so those that are not taking it will be uh, sought out and potential, or probably most likely killed because we, we read of their cries coming up to the Lord. So... Um, so there's this one angel, uh, and then it said, um, he's proclaiming of, uh, let me just read here again, having the everlasting gospel to pre preach to those who dwell on the earth. The gospel is being preached by an angel. So cool. That's not mentioned before. I've heard of things where uh, those that are in, in countries that are shut down have had You'd have an entire village or whatever, little town. They've had, I've heard that this, they'd have the same dream on a given night. Everybody has the same dream. I, or there's this, this uh, a real, uh, there's uh, an, uh, uh, the gospel coming to people that are closed in or whatever. Um, and so we recognize that the gospel even when it comes to uh, areas that are very persecuted, 
uh, that the gospel gets out. The gospel is to be spread, especially in these last few, uh, these last years, the gospel will go out to all the nations. Verse 8, and another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Um, I, I just want to go a little bit into this thing of Babylon is fallen. Does anybody know what country uh, Babylon is in right now? Anybody? Okay, let me narrow it down. It's, it's, it has two rivers very close to it, the Euphrates and the Tigris rivers. Sorry? Iraq. Do you know that Saddam Hussein attempted to uh, build up the old city of Babylon. It's, it was basically, there was uh, the last mention of the, the power or the glory of Babylon was around uh, Nebuchadnezzar, which, who lived around nine, about 600 B.C. And so here is this um, man back in the 70s had already started to build Babylon. And you say, well, there's, there's no city there. And it says here that uh, Babylon has fallen, has fallen that great city. And so a lot of people will try to say, well, maybe it's symbolic for another great city. One thought that would come to mind that might fit would be New York City. Could that be Babylon? Uh, but I want to I wanna say again, to take things literally where you can. Now think about this. The Antichrist is from the old Seleucid Empire, which would have covered Syria and Iraq and Iran. Okay? So you might say the Seleucid Empire, who's Seleucid or Seleucius, who is he? Well, let me read something. This, now, this, this is Daniel chapter 8. This would have been like 540, 550 B.C. Alexander the Great did not come into the picture for another over 200 years. Listen to this. So Daniel is seeing this, this vision of a goat with two, with two horns and a ram that has one horn. And this ram is running at the goat that has two horns. And, and there's this huge collision. And so Daniel is trying to, well, what does this mean, right? So then uh, there's an explanation then what it means. So Romans or Daniel 8, 20 to 27 says, the ram which you saw having two horns, or sorry, it was the, the ram that had two horns, the goat had the one horn. Uh, having the two horns, they are the kings of Media and Persia. Do you know who overcame the Babylonians or King Nebuchadnezzar, anybody? It was the Medes and the Persians. And you might say, where were they from? Basically from the I, Iran, what is now Iran was, is Persia uh, back then. Uh, and media would have been around that area as well. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. So the ram which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of media and Persia. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. So... This, this goat has this large horn that is between its eyes is the first king from the kingdom of Greece. Who do you think that large horn is? It was one of the first, or the, the king that, that conquered much from Greece. Anybody? Alexander the Great. This is now history, but this was told over 200 years before it happened. And, and this is what happens. It says, as for the broken horn, so the horn breaks when they come together. And so he's explaining now, the angel is explaining now, for the broken horn and the four that stood 
up in its place. Our four kingdoms shall arise out of that nation, but not with its same power. Not with the same power. Do you know, let me ask you this question. How many different uh, kingdoms or empires came from the, the Alexander the Great from the Greece or the Greek Empire. How many, how many different kingdoms came out of that? Guess. How many? Four. It just says here there's four. It says four uh, that stood up in its place from the broken one. And Alexander the Great died at the age of 32. So 10 years of conquest. And he died at a very young age and he had no heir. So his four generals received, uh, each one of them received a portion of, of his kingdom or his empire. And so then it says, now listen, it says, And in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise having fierce features who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. Anybody might figure out who the holy people are? Huh? Go ahead. Who would you say the holy people are? Just remember, the church is out of the way. The church is gone. All right. Let me help you. It's Israel. Okay? Daniel... You, somebody might have said it or probably said it. So he's going to also destroy or come against the holy people. Through his cunning, he shall cause deceit to prosper under his rule, and he shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall rise against the prince of princes. Does anybody know who the prince of princes might be? Huh? I can't. I can't hear. I hear whispering. Anybody want to take a guess? Who's the prince of princes? Jesus. He's the king of kings, the lord of lords. He's also, he shall rise against even the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without human means. Why? Because it's going to be from God, from Jesus Christ himself. And the vision of the evenings and the mornings which was told is true. So there were evenings and mornings. Uh, I think there was... Uh, I think there's 2,300 mentioned, uh, and it's divided by two, makes it 1,150. So it's, it's of, of the offerings that are going up. Uh, those visions of the evening and morning offerings, which was told is true. Therefore, seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. Close it up. And I, Daniel, fainted and was sick for days. Afterward, I rose and went about the king's business. I was astonished by the vision, but no one understood it. Uh, so here, Daniel is, is just astonished about what is going to be happening in the, in the last days. So, we're talking about the four generals. Um, the city of Babylon, it talks about a huge project that took place in Genesis very early on where people were building something. Any idea of what they were building? A huge project that God came and had to say, you know what, we've got we to stop this. Sorry? The Tower of Babel or Babel. Does anybody know where that tower might have been? Anybody? Okay. Let me read. This is Genesis 11, verse 1 to 9. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech, like almost like we have now. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar. You know what? It's, it's the country. Shinar is the country of two rivers, the Euphrates and the Tigris. And the ter territory later became known as Babylonia or Chaldea. So where Shinar is, is right where Babylon uh, came to be. So here this, at the very beginning of time where uh, men went out, women out, and there was, there was a spreading out. And so they, it says, 
and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and break, bake them together thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and, and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So they're going to build this tower. They're going to make a name for themselves. We are, let's build this, this city and this tower on top that goes right into the heaven, heavenlies. But the Lord came down to see the city. Now, you, you have to imagine or remember that this is like we are talking like 5,000 years ago. We are talking a long time ago. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they pr uh, propose to do will, will be withheld from them. We are in the same place. I, I don't know if you've ever seen the ad of a person talking into her phone uh, English. She's, I think, in China somewhere. She's talking to her phone. Hey, do you know where the cab is? And it translates and it says in Chinese. And the guys say, oh, hey, we know that. It reads what they're saying and it translates back to her. Uh, so uh, this is the technology. The one language. People are able now, there's, there's subscripts underneath or, or uh, subtitles underneath as people are talking and it's coming out. They're talking a different language and it's coming out in English or it comes out, they're speaking English and it's coming out in a different language that other people can read. One people, the people are one with one language. Come, let us go down and therefore confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth. And they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. This, they were doing this without God. We can do things on our own. We don't need God. There was no mention of God in this passage. And, and so here they are. They're building this place or they built that they wanted to build this tower and it was right where babylon in the, the land of shinar uh in the land of uh, which is now iraq ish and um is down right where the euphrates and the tigris is in chapter 11 of daniel if you read through all of chapter 11 of daniel because we know that there's four there's four generals will have four different things, and one of them is uh, Ptolemy. We have Seleucid, we have Cassander, we have uh, uh, Lysander, uh, and Ptolemy. Ptolemy, in chapter 11, you have this, this narrative, and it's like, what's going on here? In fact, the narrative are the main points of about 200 plus years 200 from the time even more from the time of the four generals going down right to so about 300 years of history between the king of the north and the king of the south lucius or uh, uh sorry seleucid seleucius and ptolemy and in fact there's there's mention of the, the things, that, in fact, historians, as they go through, uh, will say, there must have been, this must have been written after, because there's no way that Daniel could give the detail that he does in chapter 11. And at the end of chapter 11, we recognize that the king of the north beats the king of the south. And it's this king of the north that is the Antichrist. So you might say, Pastor, uh, so where's the, the Antichrist coming from? He's coming from the uh, Seleucid Empire, which is Syria, Iraq, and Iran. Is he going to be Jewish? Yeah, he's going to be Jewish. But he's going to be placed in that, that area, and that's where he's going to come from. And so, <clears throat> you might say, this city, we're talking about this city, Babylon, here, Saddam Hussein attempted to, to make it, and he, he built this thing, and they, they basically called, it's the Disney of a despot, or despot, some crazy man, 
uh, and it's a fair, it was a fair size, uh, but it was like he just didn't have the funds. But he, he, the bricks that he used had his name on it, okay? That's what Nebuchadnezzar did. The buildings that he built, a lot of them had his name inscribed right on it, uh, uh, put in to the mold, if you would. Um, so, the king of the north, who is going to be from the Iraq area and Syria and Iran, that area he's going to control, he's going to have, it's going to be like, well, where should I put my capital city? Hmm. Babylon is a perfect place. Babylon is a perfect place to put my city. Look at what Zechariah 5 verse 5 says. And Zechariah is prophesying about things to come as well. Then the angel who talked with me came out and said to me, lift your eyes now and see what this is that goes forth. Now, a lot of this is, now this is symbolic. So I said, what is it? And he said, it is a basket or a container that is going forth. He also said, this is their resemblance throughout the earth. This is their resemblance throughout the earth. Say, uh, the word resemblance there is actually means I, that the, with an, there's an evilness about it, an evil intent about this going throughout the earth. Th this is their resemblance throughout the earth. Here is a lead disc lifted up, and this is a woman sitting inside the basket. Then he said, this is wickedness. So the, there's a wickedness and an evil inside of the basket, and he thrust her down. He pushed her down into the basket and threw the lead cover over its mouth. Then I raised my eyes and I looked, and there were two women coming with the wind in their wings, for they had wings like the wings of a stork, and they lifted up the basket between the earth and heaven. So I said to the angel who talked with me, where are they carrying the basket? Where is this evil going it's closed it's contained right now where is it going and he said to me to build a house for it in the land of shinar have we heard that before yes we heard it in genesis 11 about the tower of babel and now it's the shinar is what is now iraq which was back then Babel babylonia so he, there's going to be a house built for it where there's this thing of wickedness, of evil. And when it is ready, the basket will be set there on its base. There's a base that's already established. And if the old, where Babylon used to be, it is, there's this flat or this base, a raised base, and it is pretty extensive. There's a, a, a town of about 300,000 people that is very close uh, to that city or that, that, that cleared area. It is a very fertile area and it is between the, 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 um, uh, the Tigris and the Euphrates River. So he's going to build a house for this, this in the land of Shinar, which is of wickedness. So this angel uh, that we see um, is going to go down now, let me just read here. It says, uh, Revelations 14, verse 9. It says, Then a third angel came, followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships a beast in his image and receives his mark on, on his forehead or on his hand, he himself should be also, he shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full, full strength in the cup of his indignation. And I just want to go back to... Uh, oh, here. Let me go back again. All of this, the last 10, 15 minutes about Seleucus and the king of the north being the Antichrist and all of that came from that verse, Revelation 14, 8 says, And another angel falls, saying, Babylon has fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Is that Babylon will impact many, many nations in the last days where the capital of the Antichrist will be before he sets up so that'll be there but he'll also set up worship right in the temple we read or we talked about that last time in the the holy of holies of the temple that will be in jerusalem that has not been built yet is yet to be built all right 
so that was the second angel. The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength in the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire, with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels, in the presence of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment. So there's a conscious existence of people in this place, in the lake of fire, or where the fire and brimstone is, the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Then there is this verse. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Here is the patience of the saints. And I just want to say this. I'm going to continue on. I don't know how far I'll get, but I want to say this right now. If you are living in the worst of times, this is the worst of times. It will, there will never be a worse time that has ever been on the face of this planet than will be on these three and a half years or these three and a half years where the wrath of God is being poured out. And listen to what the people that are saved during that time, how they make it through. It says, here's the patience of the saints. Or the word patience has to do with endurance. To endure, to be steadfast in the worst of the worst times. Two simple things. Here are those. If you want to be steadfast and endure, it says, keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. The enemy will do whatever he can that you don't follow the commandments of the Lord. And listen, you cannot follow the commandments of the Lord without the faith of Jesus, as in your faith being in Jesus. And what I've been saying all along, who he is and what he did for you on the cross, Jesus Christ and him crucified. If your faith shifts off of that, you will not be able to keep the commandments of the Lord. It's difficult to keep the commandments of the Lord without faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you want to make it through the worst of times, Lord, I'm going to do what your word says. For goodness sake, heed the word of God. Your, our flesh is determined to do that which is what I think I should do or what I feel to do, what I think is right, but it is not according to the word of God. You want to cause problems for yourself? Ignore the word of God and don't place your faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to do it, and I'm talking about believers here. They're saying, if you want to endure in the worst of times. Now listen, you and I, we will not be there if we are caught up to be with the Lord as our faith is in Jesus Christ. We've repented of our sins and our faith is in Jesus Christ. We will not be there. But this is, these are people that got saved after the, 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 the rapture of the catching up of, this, of, of the believer. And so they get saved afterwards. And those that are able to stay right to the end, even those that are facing death, they will live according to keeping the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus Christ. They're able to, to be steadfast, to endure, even in the face of death. And so I would, I would have you focus in on that in the worst of times. In the worst of times. Then I looked and behold, this is verse 14. Or verse 13 says, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. So many will die as believers during the great tribulation period. They will die for the testimony of Jesus Christ rather than serve Satan. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Just a few verses before, we read of the, the torment of those that said, we're going to worship Satan. We're going to give in. We, you know, take the mark because we can't buy or sell. We're going to take the mark. And so they, they will have no rest for eternity. Here, the complete opposite, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them of what the things that they did, even in the face of the worst of times. The worst of times. 
the last part of verse chapter 14, and I looked and behold a white cloud and on the cloud sat one like the son of man. So here is Jesus Christ. He's, he's in glory. The cloud is, speaks of glory. The white speaks of purity of righteousness. Having on his head a golden crown. We're talking of, of, of victory, a victor's crown. And in his hand, a sharp sickle. And so we're going to see then that he's talking about the very end of the seven years or there's an alluding to the very end of the seven years. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he sat on the cloud, thrust in his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. So a sickle is for cutting. It's a, 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 a blade, rounded blade and it's for, it's like a scythe, a sickle or a scythe. And, and the earth is gonna be reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple which is in heaven, he also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire, and he cried with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. So there's a gathering together of these clusters of grapes. They're ripe to be harvested, to be cut. So the angel thrust his sickle in the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. And the winepress was trampled outside the city. Blood came out of the winepress up to a horse's bridle for 1,600 furlongs. You might say, what is a furlong? A furlong is roughly 600 feet. So you have 1,600 furlongs. So 600 times 1,600, you get roughly, and you divide that by 5,280, you get roughly about 180 miles. So this, this wine press of God's wrath, this final thing where there's going to be a coalition of, of armies coming. We are talking, like many of you remember the coalition in the, in the 90s, the, the Gulf War, or the... There were 28 cities or 28 countries that came together to come against Saddam Hussein back in the early 90s. I can remember watching because it was being televised. We were watching it live as the, the, the things were going out and the, the bombs were coming. And basically this coalition came against uh, Saddam Hussein in Iraq and wiped them out. Like we are talking in six weeks, totally routed their army. Well, there's going to be a coalition that is even bigger, much bigger than that. And it'll be coming against the Jews. And the Lord will fight. And it, there will be blood that is up to the horse's bridle. I'm sure that it'll be mixed with water and mud and whatever. And there's this, um, this depth. A horse's bridle is, is probably about six feet where the bridle is in the mouth. We're talking depths for 180 miles of the blood and, and water and mud of battle. In one, basically, as the Lord comes, we will be part of that battle behind Jesus Christ. We'll be there. And it says, and another angel came. Anyways, so um, verse 15, there's a quick, uh, or there's another little interlude here to before the judgments come out, the bold judgments. And the bold judgments will come out the last three and a half years. So the end of chapter 14 sort of leads right to the, to the end of, of the seven years. Now it goes back, verse or chapter 15 goes back to the, the beginning of the three and a half years and going on into chapter 16. Then I saw another sign in, in, in heaven, a great and marvelous seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them the wrath of God is complete. And I saw something like a sea of glass mingled with fire, so the sea of glass is before the throne of God. And those who have the victory over the beast, over his image and over his mark and over the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, having harps of God, and they sang the song of Moses. If you want to know what the song of Moses is, you can read it in Deuteronomy 32 pretty well the whole chapter. Deuteronomy 32 verses 1 to 43. So this song is sung. And the servant of God and the song of the Lamb, or the song of Moses who was the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb saying, great and marvelous are your works. And those works of the Lamb began when he came to the earth 2,000 years ago and he gave himself on a cross. Great and marvelous are your works. 
this lamb, the lamb of God slain. Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways. O king of the saints. Christ is, is our king. And so he's the king of these individuals that have come out of the uh, tribulation. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. For all nations shall come and worship before you. For your judgments have been manifested. After these things I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was open. So we're talking about the holy of holies. Just like the, the temple was a copy on, on earth, it was fashioned after what was in heaven. And out of that temple, the Holy of Holies came the seven angels having the seven plagues, clothed in pure bright linen and having their chests girded with golden bands. Then one of the four living creatures gave to the seven angels seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. The temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one was able to enter the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. One commentary or, or commentator says why wasn't anybody allowed to go back into the temple into the presence of God basically no one was allowed in because God was not changing his mind on those seven bowls being poured out nobody could come in what I sp what I say will happen will happen and so here these seven vials will be poured out uh, chapter 16 then I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, go and pour out the bowls of the wrath of God on the earth. So start pouring them out. So this will start in the second half of, of the seven year. So it'll be halfway through the seven year. Now the bowls are being poured out. So chapter 14 and 15 sort of finished off to the end of the seven years. Now it goes back to, hey, well, we got to talk about these bowls, these vials that are going to come out. So, so now John is writing about these bowls bowls or vials pitchers that are being poured out so the first one went out and poured out his bowl this angel poured out his bowl upon the earth and a foul and loathsome sore came upon men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image we're talking sores boils i don't know about you if you've ever had a sore or boil uh, that's on you it's like we're talking painful well it's on their whole came upon men uh, this foul and loathsome sore came upon men who had the mark of the beast, those who worshipped his image. So especially in his kingdom and those that are worshipping the image, there's these, these sores that are coming out specifically on them. Not those that don't have the mark, those that do have the mark. Then the second angel poured out his bowl on the sea and it became blood as of a dead man and every living creature in the sea died. And they're saying, what sea are they talking about here? Which sea do you think is basically pretty well in the middle of the uh the the antichrist kingdom's realm which sea do you think it is if it's if he's controlling europe the middle east northern africa what is right in the middle of that it's the mediterranean the entire mediterranean will become like blood as of a dead man. We're talking after a while, the blood turns black and it's thick. And everything, every living creature in the sea died. So all the, the fish, every living thing in the sea, and, I, and probably even on the sea, the men that were on the sea at that point, are, are, they die. Then the third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and springs of water and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the water saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to be, because you have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of, of saints and prophets, and you have given them blood to drink, for it is their just due. So here the people that are dying, especially it's mentioned in Revelation 6, verses 9 to 11, it says, when he opened up the fifth seal, this is in the first three and a half years, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and, the, and for their testimony which they held, those that got saved after, during the tribulation. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge your blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each one of them and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who would be killed as they were was completed. So this is at the beginning of the tribulation. And so now here we are in the second half of the tribulation where the waters of the Antichrist kingdom 
all the, the water is turning to blood because they had been going. I'm, I'm sure they'll be hunting for people that, that don't have the mark or that are, are, are saying they're, they're believers or they're, they're, they'll, they'll be for their testimony. And so they will be killed. Uh, so you have given them blood to drink for it as they're just due. And I heard another from the elders saying, even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments. Uh, so we see the righteousness of God and the wrath of God. Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, and the power was given to him to scorch men with fire. And men were scorched with great heat, and they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Once again, there's this thing of rebellion, of pride, of arrogance. Even with all of the, there's going to be a great heat that will come on the face of the planet and especially in that area where, where the Antichrist reigns. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast, or the Antichrist, and his kingdom became full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain. So here's another thing, the throne of the beast and his kingdom. It's not global, just so you know. It's not global. So it is extensive, but it's not global. So on his kingdom, and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain, to have such pain that you're gnawing on your tongue. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. So those sores are continuing on right through uh, from the first bowl, is continuing right through to the fifth bowl already. So we're not just talking sores that last for a day or two or a week. We're talking probably years these sores will be on their bodies and they blaspheme the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, the boils, and did not repent of their deeds. Then the sixth angel poured out his bowl on the great river Euphrates and its water was dried up so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, that's Satan, out of the mouth of the beast, that's the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. And so these unclean, three unclean spirits like frogs coming out. And what do they do? For they are the spirits of demons performing signs which go out to the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them together to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. This battle of Armageddon. And then he says, Behold, I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So even at the end here, people are getting saved. And, and the Lord is saying, hang on. I'm coming. Blessed is he who watches and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Hang on. Don't let go. Don't give up your faith. And they gathered them together to the place called in Hebrew Armageddon. And so Armageddon uh, is an actual, it's a place, uh, and there's, it's, it's also, there's part of a valley, and it, the valley is the, the valley of, or of Jehoshaphat. Uh, and there's just a commentary on this word Armageddon. It says, this, Revelation 16, 16 is the scene of the struggle of good and evil, and is, uh, and is suggested by the battle plain of Estralon, which was famous for uh, two great victories, of Barak over the Canaanites and of Gideon over the Midianites and for two great disasters, the deaths of Saul and Josiah. So there was two great disasters in this, this, this area. Hence, in Revelation, a place of great slaughter, the scene of terrible retribution upon the wicked. Uh, the RSV translate the name as Harmageddon or the R in Armageddon is, means city and then it's, so it's the R, Megiddo, or the, the city of Megiddo. And so this is where they're going to be gathered for this huge battle. We're talking millions upon millions and millions of men and, and, and military might and power as they come to take out Israel once and for all, the Jews. Then the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air and a loud voice came out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. And there were noises and thunderings and lightnings and there was a great earthquake, such a mighty and great earthquake as has not occurred since men were on the earth. Never have seen an earthquake like this. Now the great city, that's Jerusalem, was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon was remembered before God to give her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. So Babylon, the city, is remembered. It's probably the epicenter is 
where the where the the wickedness and the evil and the demons. It's as we read in chapter 18, we'll see it'll give description of of what's happening in this city, uh, and and it says that the 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 cup of the wine of the fierceness of God's wrath is poured out on the city of Babylon. Then every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. So we're talking islands that are well. Uh, are being moved and shifted. We had this volcanic action taking place in, in the Pacific Ocean, and we're talking uh, impact uh, that you could see from, I think there was a plume that went up uh, over 50,000 feet, uh, 60,000 feet into the air uh, from this thing that was under the water. And uh, islands being shaken, mountains were not found. So we're talking mountains with this earthquake, we're talking extreme devastation. And great hail from heaven fell upon men, each hailstone about the weight of a talent. You might say, how much does that weigh? We are talking 100 pounds. Back in 1985, May 1985, some of you may remember that, the, the sky turned green. I remember that day. And I, I, I happened to look out the window at my parents' place, was living at my parents' place, walked out, onto the back uh, balcony there, and I saw a hailstone come down was the size of a, almost a baseball, a softball, a hardball for sure. It was a hardball and some even bigger. It was coming down so fast and so hard. Our, uh, our friend had just bought a brand new car, and it was sitting out front, and it was getting pummeled we're talking dense in there in the front on the hood the front hood on the top in the back they those things only weighed like i don't know maybe a half a pound if that i can remember we went and collected them afterwards and we put them in the freezer we kept them for a year we'd pull them out to show people hey this is what the hail hail that came down well this hail will be a hundred pounds we're talking about you know going through buildings a hundred pounds of hail. The wrath of God being poured out. Here's the patience or the endurance, the steadfastness of the saints. Here are those who, if you want to be steadfast in the worst of times, keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. You will make it through. Praise God. Can we stand together? And it was a little bit longer longer today, but I'm already I'm chapters behind from where I so I'm, I know that I'm going to be running past the uh, uh, Sunday to finish this off. But uh, there's some exciting things coming up, uh, especially as we get into chapters 19 through 22 at the end. I, I'll tell you, um, uh, for those of you that that might have watched football, I don't know if you watch football or not. My daughter and I, so we watched the game of the Buffalo Bills, and um, what, a, what an unbelievable game. And at the very, so they, they came back. They were behind pretty well the whole game, and they come back to win or to, they're ahead now, and there's only like a minute or so left. The other team comes back. In fact, there was 13 seconds left on the clock the other team comes back and gets a touchdown and so now they're ahead or they no they, they got a field goal they got a field goal and they tied the game and so they went into overtime and the team that we wanted to win lost my daughter said the next day she says I cannot believe like this is like one of the worst days of my life Dad, this is one of the worst days of my life. You know, the Buffalo Bills, they were ahead. They should have won. And with 13 seconds left, they lost. They, it, it didn't happen. I said to her, you know what? Thank God that we know who wins in the end. It's been given to us. We know who wins. And so we're on the right team. So that even in the worst of times, we know we will get through. Even if we should die we know where we're going. We have an eternity that is unbelievable. So in the worst of times, that you would, Lord, let me hear what you are saying in your word, and I'll do it. 
Because my faith is in you, Jesus. It is in nothing else. It's not in Pastor Dave. It's not in Lighthouse. It's not in any person or, or group or agency or whatever. My faith is in Jesus Christ. I'm going to leave it there. You will make it through the worst of times. Because these people, these saints, these brothers and sisters in the Lord that will get saved during the tribulation will make it through because they keep their faith in Jesus Christ and to keep his word. We will keep your word. We will not compromise your word. So I say that to all of you. Keep your faith in the right place. Don't compromise the word of God. Do the word of God. You will make it through in the worst of times. Lord, I just thank you. If there's anybody here that is maybe not where they should be at spiritually, they say, man, I need to get on the right team. So Lord, I come to you. I confess. Lord, I've been apart from you. I've maybe even been sinning and doing things that I shouldn't be doing. I confess my faith is going to be in you and what you did for me on the cross because you loved me so much and you overcame death and hell, the dominion and power and influence of sin. And Lord, you overcame all of that so that we can also overcome death and hell and a dominion and influence of sin in our lives and we can live for you. And so to do the things that you would have us do. So Lord, I surrender to the King of kings and the Lord of lords the one that has won the battle. I surrender to you, Jesus. My faith is in you and it stays in you and I want to serve you with all my life and I will make it through every single storm and tribulation. I will make it through the patience of the saints, the endurance of the saints, the steadfastness, the solidness of the saints as we keep your commands and our faith and keep our faith in you, Jesus, let it be. Lord, for those that don't know you, Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would recognize before judgment comes, you always warn. Why? Because you love. And judgment is coming. Lord, to be just with the wickedness that is there, you must judge. Lord, we would not want any injustice done to us. We say, well, somebody's got to make things right. Is there not anybody that can help me through this injustice? And Lord, so you will pour out your wrath on that which is unjust. But you always give warning. And even in the, in the outpouring of your wrath, you're saying, please, there is still a way out. Come to me. And so, Lord, I pray uh, that there will be many that will come to you in these last days before you return. Because you are an amazing God. And you love us so much. And we just give you all the praise and the glory. And we commit our lives into your hands. Lord, have your way in our life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful uh, evening yet. And uh, we'll see you on Sunday. And uh, yeah, God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.